Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are still cranking out these 2022 NWSL team-by-team previews. And today, we are going to take a deep dive into Kansas City Current. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. If you're listening to this as a podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. It takes just a second, and it really helps us out. And you can do that on Apple Podcast uh, page right now with a five-star rating and review, and on Spotify as well on that attacking third page. So go ahead and uh, help us out. Give us five stars. Lisa, you ready to dive into uh, Kansas City Current? I am so ready. Uh, there's something about this team, and, and we'll get into it because yeah. there's a lot to talk about with them, but... Um, there's something about this team that I'm ready for them in 2022, and I don't think the rest of the world is. Come on, Lisa. I set you up with the pun. I said you're ready to dive in the Kansas City Current. Are you? Right. Is my dad joke that bad? Come on now. <laughs> I'm trying to push past all the, the jokes about it. Even like doing research for this, when I type in Kansas City Current roster – it's like the Chiefs roster coming up. I'm getting better at my searching when I Google and I do all my prep for like games and, yeah. and rundowns for this. It's Casey Current. The I'm, over, Casey I'm Current. over here making water jokes. Like, come on. <laughs> oh gosh. No, but I'm 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 hyped. I'm hyped to do this. It's been it's been fun linking up with you to do like actual like in-depth, like singular, like team by team previews, you know, instead of, uh, you know, in the pad, like when we do games previews and stuff like that, like we kind of take a look at uh, and double teams up and stuff like this, but this has been nice to be able to sort of sit in and flesh uh, some things out. So let's dive right in, right? No pun intended for real on this time. Uh, let's take a look at this team overview. Uh, this was a team that was uh, one of many teams in process of uh, trying to nab a head coach for their head coaching position, uh, they went with Matt Potter. It's going to be his first year with uh, Kansas City Current, a former United States Women's National Team coach. They named him head coach in January of 2021. This is coming off of uh, the previous inaugural season for this franchise where uh, Hugh Williams was a previous head coach, and he was moved out of that role, Is uh, was the former head coach, and is now in a more administrative role, I believe director of scouting at this point. So that was one notable hire. An additional notable hire for this club within the offseason was the introduction of a new general manager. And they brought in former NWSL player, former women's professional, professional soccer player, Cami Levin, into the fold as their new general manager. So all of these different things on the administrative level to perhaps help this club improve on their standing last season, which... If you aren't aware, Kansas City Current 
did finish in 2021 as the last ranked team at the last year was 10 total clubs. Yes, there's an expansion this year and there will be 12, but for last year, it was a number 10 ranking really all the way through from beginning to end for this Kansas city side with a record of three, seven and 14 in light of that though, we did have an episode in early December where we did a way too early power rankings podcast for attacking third. And we were impressed with some of the moves that were already happening early in the offseason for this Kansas City side. And because of that, with a combination of their efforts towards the latter stages of the regular season in 2021, we were ambitious with it. And we put this team in a playoff position and said we would have them as number five. So uh, it was an interesting offseason, to say the the least, Lisa. But uh, I think as we go through this this preview, we might uh, list a a number of reasons as we go through the personnel as to why we might be sticking with this uh, ambitious pick. I don't think five is that even that ambitious, right? I mean, it's just over halfway. Uh, yeah, we are adding two teams into the fold this year. So going from 10 teams to 12 and and Kansas City was the expansion side last year. I mean, that's we need to remember that they they were playing on a makeshift soccer field at their home stadium. They didn't have a lot of facilities. And I think that the ownership and the front office personnel that has had the changes throughout this offseason are making it a serious mission to have Kansas City be a very serious contender in the NWSL. And that's starting with playing their games at Children Mercy Park in Kansas City. I mean, that's where Sporting Kansas City plays their games. It's a beautiful facility. They're building new facilities, building the first ever all-female soccer stadium, specific stadium right along the river in Kansas City, right along the river with the current in Kansas City. So there's just a lot of off-the-field movements that are happening with this team that I think are helping progress them through. And, And Kansas City is a team in the Midwest, right? The heartbeat of the country. It's a great location for a new soccer club. It's a great soccer city. But now being in its second year with the expansion draft happening for San Diego and Angel City in the offseason, Kansas City was exempt from that, which is huge. And that maybe played directly into their advantage that they had in this offseason because they weren't looking to make changes to protect themselves like every other club in the NWSL was. Instead, they were just looking to strengthen their roster and to grow. So we put them at five in early December. Now it's it's mid-February and preseason has started and we're looking at the roster ahead. I, I think our our projections for 22 might change a little bit, uh, but we'll get into it because there were just so many off-season changes that happened from the front office to players on the pitch for Kansas City. I um, I love that for Kansas City. The, the way they sort of closed out their 2021 versus how they started it, I think there were two different like sides of the spectrum in terms of, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you're finished. But when you're looking at that number 10 rating, it's like, oh, like, was there actual improvement, you know, throughout the season if you just stood maybe in the standings in the same level? And I think for watch, watching the soccer and watching things happening on the pitch, I think we started to see a little bit of difference, right, you know, uh, for the personnel on the pitch. And to sort of see all this be reflected 
during that time, alongside a lot of other different announcements, right? They unveiled their official rebrand. They announced their official name, which was the current, their Kansas City current now. They put out the official crest, right? Their inaugural season was all just uh, temporary, keeping the same color scheme, but in terms of the badge and everything else, that is now in the past. And then alongside of that, just like you said, Lisa, you know, mentioning the new stadium, that they're going to be playing their home games in Children's Mercy Park with the home of uh, MLS side Kansas City Sporting KC. Uh, but even within that announcement saying, hey, we have plans to build an NWSL specific stadium. Right. So that's mm-hmm. there's all these things that are happening off the pitch. Right. That we're going to be looking into and, and maybe wondering about throughout the duration of 2022. But let's maybe center in on the personnel, right? Let's talk a little bit about roster. Let's talk a little bit about player movement in terms of breakout roster signings for this team. I mean, this franchise probably made the biggest splash, right? Oh my God, I keep doing that with the water punch. Jeez, I'm so sorry, everybody. (laughs) I really don't, I'm really not trying to go there, but they did. (laughs) They they really kind of just busted the gates open there in terms of the off-season signings because their first one that they announced was the introduction of of Sam Mewis to the club, the North Carolina Courage. It's okay. You can keep laughing. It's funny. All of the water punch. They're just coming out. It's like, you just can't help it. I can't can't wait till we start doing these for like you know for uh, for San Diego Wave. Rec- this is just proof that we record these live because I'm oh, yeah. stifling. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Right There's now. absolutely no no no. You're getting us in the in the purest way that you that you can, honestly. Uh, but along with Sam Mewis, they started making additional acquisitions, right? Uh bringing in, you know, building in through through the draft, uh, somebody like an Elise Bennett, you know, a Jenna Winbrenner, Brooklyn Enid, you know, looking at all these different draft selections, but also getting somebody like an Alex Loera out of Santa Clara, signing her in, and then late into their offseason, introducing Lynn Williams mm-hmm. from North Carolina Courage with a trade with them as well. So a lot of big additions, right, to this to this franchise and with big additions, there are also big losses, you know, that happen within an off season. So Kansas city current saw the departures of Darian Jenkins, Katie Bowen, uh, Michelle Mimon, Mariana uh, La Roquete, Gabby Vincent, and Kiki Pickett throughout the off season. When we're looking at the additions, when we're looking at the signings, Who's sticking out here on either side of the of the balance beam here for you, Lisa? When you weigh the the losses versus the roster signings, the roster signings outweigh the losses, to be frank. Uh, Kansas City made it its mission to go and get big players, essentially heavy hitters in each of the phases of the field. They got AD French from Kansas or from Portland in the middle of the 2021 season goalkeeper, uh, us women's national team caliber. She's a superstar, um, knows how to win and end a veteran in the league. Then they went and they got, uh, Kristen Hamilton in the front line. Um, they also, uh, then this off season went getting Sam Mewis in the midfield and getting Lynn Williams up top. They are to just two huge, huge grabs for Kansas City. And personally, I think Sam Mewis is the bigger one if I'm just looking at Lynn Williams and, and Sam Mewis because Sam Mewis as a midfielder 
as the the engine that runs the United States women's national team. She wears the number 10 jersey now. She is the creative midfielder. She is the lock. She can play a higher up midfielder position, play those slip passes through to the forward. She can also play the defensive six midfielder position. We've seen her slide into that role if she needs to, to be a big defensive block in the middle of the field. She can organize. She can lead with her voice. She can just do so many things. Um, And as a veteran and as a leader to join a Kansas City team only in its second season in the NWSL with a lot of players that went through a lot in 2021 with this Kansas City team. They did not win a lot of games. They don't know what it's like to win. They don't know what it's like to be on top. And Sam Mewis does. So she can bring that experience and that veteran ability to take this Kansas City current team from where it is and just raise the bar, continue to make it better uh, from her position on the field in the midfield and also in the locker room and at the training facility because her level that she shows up and plays with every single day is going to set the standard and it will be a trickle-down effect for every single player on this Kansas City team. When you look at some of the losses they have, um, I know we talked a little bit about this off air. I'm like sad that they lost Kiki Pickett because I think as a defender, she could have done a lot with this Kansas City team and really stepped into that role and developed as a young player in this league. Um, But uh, Darian Jenkins going to Orlando, that's another player that is going to do really well at Orlando. But these losses, um, as even though there are a number of them, the wins and the roster signings are just so much bigger having now Sam Lewis and, and Lynn Williams. I mean, even the relationship between those two, right? Like they've played together at North Carolina for years. Yeah. They play on the national team together and they're staying together on club. Heck, they even have a podcast together. Like their relationship <laughs> is just phenomenal between that. And that will translate with the soccer ball. Yeah, I'm with you uh, on that 100%. I think it's absolutely fair that you also highlighted the fact that there were changes that were happening for this club midseason, you know, bringing those players like French or Hamilton and Mace, you know, and those are just more players that people like Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis are familiar with playing at a certain level, even if it is with somebody like in a French at the national team level or somebody like a Hamilton in a Mace where they were playing with at a club level, you know, so I'm in agreement that the the acquisitions, the additions are – going to be the things that outweigh those those losses actually when it comes to sort of looking at this because despite maybe losing um nwsl experience and somebody like uh you know uh, katie bowen or or darian jenkins you or losing even youth prospects right young prospects in a kiki picket there was still a combination of those things that were addressed uh you know in in the drafts or or signing somebody directly like an alex loera from uh, santa clara so uh i'm, I'm in agreement with you 100 that i think that the mm-hmm. the additions are absolutely like outweighing the losses ahead of the 2022 season in terms of a preseason roster though Let's take a look at it. It's our most favorite thing to do. We like to look at all of the names that are on a preseason roster. They've been varying from, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20-ish players to 30-plus players. And we love when there's a, a ton of names to to take a look at. So in terms of Kansas City Current and their uh, preseason roster, for goalkeepers, they've got four at the moment with Kelsey Dossi, Adriana French, Carly Nelson, and Kayla Thompson. Defenders with eight. Elizabeth Ball, Kate Delfava, Brooklyn Ince, Taylor Leach, Alex Loera, Izzy Rodriguez, Mallory Weber, and Jenna Winbrenner. For midfielders, it's 10. 
Chardonnay Curran, Kristen Edmonds, Lola Bonta, Chloe Lagarzo, Haley Mace, Eddie McCain, Sam Mewis, Medi Nolf, Victoria Pickett, and Desiree Scott. For forwards, they're rounding out with six. Molly Bislyle? Excuse me. I'm so, so sorry. You're the announcer, Lisa. Is that, <laughs> am I saying that correctly? Uh, uh, there's Elise Bennett, who is the college draft pick, Kristen Hamilton, JC Johnson, Lynn Williams, and Michelle Vasconcelos currently on loan. I'm taking a look at some of these players currently on the roster, and we're thinking about when we're looking at a potential starting 11, Lisa, there's names already on this roster that we can maybe point to and say, mm -hmm. this is a player that if preseason goes well, right, everything is on schedule, it's supposed to be, everybody's healthy, come the start of opening day, that there's a number of players here that we can say they're likely a lock for a Kansas City current starting 11. I think it goes without saying maybe somebody like an AD French, right, who they got midseason is likely going to be manning the net for them moving forward, even within the defender line, looking at um, a player like Elizabeth Ball, right, who got a different contract, yeah. you know, extension with this club. There's investment there with this player, uh, you know, even in the midfield core with the new additions and somebody like a Sam Mewis, I don't believe you make a move like that, right? If you don't intend to utilize this player, but you've got other uh, veterans within there as well, whether it's like a Kristen Edmonds or a Lola Bonta. And then for the forward core, I think maybe at one point you can sort of look and see there might be some competition here, right? Yeah. In this front line. But when you have, when you made a move for somebody like a Kristen Hamilton midseason and then adding somebody like a Lynn Williams, I imagine you're going to try to be building the attack uh, with and around uh, these uh, players. So uh, in terms of the personnel at hand, when we're looking at a potential starting 11, when we're looking at young process prospects or experienced players, who's going to be standing out here for you, Lisa, even if we're just looking at a starting 11? When you look at these numbers in the roster positionally, um, I'm interested to see what Matt Potter's going to throw out as, as his formation because there's a lot of different possibilities here with 10 midfielders in this mix, six forwards and eight defenders. There's definitely a lot of possibilities and some changes he's going to have to cut down on before the start of the Challenge Cup happens. The locks that you mentioned, yes, they're, they're in for me, those locks hoping that everything goes according to plan and players stay healthy. Uh, but some players that I'm looking at, I'm in particular midfielder, Addie McCain. She's a second year player in the NWSL. She was with Kansas city current last year and Hugh Williams. Uh, she got a few minutes and, and a few games under her belt um, with Kansas city playing in the midfield. She suffered an injury, so she didn't see as much time on the pitch as she would have liked, but she's a player out of Texas A&M, a, a midfielder. She was sec mid fielder of the year. She has a lot of potential and a lot of growth. So for me, she's a young player that I'm going to look at because of all of the experience that is already on this roster and in the midfield, like you mentioned, um, Kristen Edmonds, Lola Bonta, Sam Mewis, uh, Victoria Pickett, even Haley Mace, even there's, there's a lot there. So if Addie McCain can kind of wipe the slate clean of last year. I mean, use her experiences that she had, but take this year as a year to just learn and a year to grow, to just be a sponge every single day, working alongside players like Sam Mewis, pick up 
her skills that she's doing and translate that to McCain's own game. I think that Addie McCain could be a player that in the future of the NWSL could make some changes and we could start to see her progressing, especially when Kansas City doesn't have a lot to lose, right? They finished which is something that is unfortunate, but they have to keep that into perspective for the 2022 season. They finished the last in in the league in 2021. So the only place to go from there is up. So make those risks on the field. Try out different things. Try different players in different positions. And if Addie McCain gets on the field, I want her to just give it her all and and see where she can grow. So she's a younger player um, who's had time in the league before, but someone I'm keeping an eye on for Kansas City in 2022. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think a lot of oftentimes when folks are conceptualizing like a young prospect, right, or a top prospect, I mean, maybe they're looking immediately at who's coming out of uh, the draft, but that absolutely includes like players who are like McCain, who are just going to be entering their their second year, right, in the league and sort of see what uh, they can still bring to a team like the current, when it comes to this roster and looking at the new faces that are going to be involved with the club, it's a, it's a mix. It's like they've got new faces, but who are experienced veteran players, right? Whether there's somebody like a, mm-hmm. a Mewis or, or a Williams. But there's also players on this roster that are new faces and just new to being professionals in general. So there are areas of opportunity for experienced players uh, to be to uh, be leaned on during this time. So when we're looking at the experienced essential player that Kansas City current might find themselves leaning on at certain moments during uh, the 2022 season, preseason or otherwise, I think you and I can both agree that we're looking at a particular midfielder in Lola Bonta mm-hmm. as somebody who is likely going to be that sort of player who's uh, leaned on for whether it's experience, leadership, or otherwise on and off the pitch. This is a this is a player that's been involved in NWSL for a long amount of time who's not unfamiliar, right, to the Kansas City uh, area. She was a part of those uh, Kansas City rosters in the former franchise of FC Kansas City. And we noticed uh, even when during the 2021 season, when there were areas or stretches of time where perhaps the club was impacted by an injury bug, somebody like Lola Bonta's presence was very clearly missed, right? In terms of trying whatever the team was trying to figure out in terms of the soccer they were looking to produce on the pitch. So I have to imagine that going into this 2022 season, even with the introduction of new faces, uh, even with the introduction of young prospects, that this is a player that's uh, going to still uh, play an essential role uh, for this roster moving forward. I agree. Lola Bonta is someone that can step up and and be an integral part. I could even see her pushing higher into the forward line and and contributing in that front line, scoring goals and doing a lot. She's just a player that puts so much emphasis on her love and her passion for the game. She really took the city of Kansas City under her wings last year and became uh, a player for the city, for the fans. So that connection will hopefully spread throughout the team and throughout the fans throughout 2022. So yeah, I mean, Addie McCain for me as a young player and, and Lola Bonta adding her to that list as the experienced player to uh, do big things for Kansas city this year. 
In terms of an international spotlight for this team, we, we've been doing this in our previews as well. Uh, and whether or not there are players on the roster that we could see, uh, you know, making departures perhaps throughout the season in light of 2022, uh, having a lot of different World Cup qualifying competitions going on. Obviously, the the other additional uh, international windows that could be taking place. And I think the most notable players, right, when you're taking a look at who could be coming in and out of uh, Kansas City current, you're looking at somebody like a, a Sam Mewis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at somebody like Lynn Williams, Adriana French, uh, obviously still part of that goalkeeper pool, could possibly see some time back in national team camps as well, right? And that's just at the United States level, but that's that's not even, uh, you know, mentioning somebody like a, like a Desiree Scott, another yeah. veteran of this league, right? Another experienced player that perhaps this club will be looking to for, for leadership as well on and off the pitch. But, you know, a gold medal Olympian with uh, the Canadian women's national team. I think you have to look at that because it is a World Cup qualifying year uh, for uh, the women's side of the game. And these are really heavy hitters for Kansas City. Um, If they lose A.D. French in goal and Sam Mewis in the midfield and Lynn Williams up top, um, even Desiree Scott in the midfield and, and defensively, those are really big holes for Kansas City. So while they have those players, rack up the points, get goals, get shutouts, make your goal differential really big and stretch it. That way you have a little bit of cushion when those international players are away with their national team. Um, As of right now, Sam Mewis, right? She's not on the She Believes Cup roster for the United States. So she's not away at camp. She is rehabbing and and training with Kansas City, which is off to a good start. But I that's not going to stay for very long. She'll be back with the national team. Um, So it's if they can kind of create cushion for themselves while they have their full team stacked before these players go away for international duty. So here we are. We're we're talking about uh, offseason moves, right? Mm-hmm. That this that this team has made in terms of assembling a preseason roster, coaching staff, right? Additional hires at the administrative level, even dipping into things that this club was already doing midseason to at late end of season to lead into and look ahead to the 2022 season talking about uh, facilities, right? Resources. We've been hearing that a lot when it comes to this franchise, especially in light of the newer names that they brought in, right? Hearing directly Sam Mewis, Lynn Williams, we had her on the show as well, talking about a lot of the great resources and the things that Kansas City as a franchise is trying to provide and set standards in terms of NWSL clubs, throughout the league. So this leads us, I think, to our biggest burning question entering the 2022 season for Kansas City Current is will all of the hype translate to the pitch in the 2022 season? I don't know, Lisa, what do you think? I mean, this is such a big question because there is so much change, even like the announcement of the new crest and the new name in their very last match of 2021. There was so much hype around it. It was this crazy cool video that they put out and in stadium, all of the fans had different color wristbands and it was a whole show and a whole production. So there's a lot of hype. There's no denying it. There's a lot of hype around this team. I think that if they can block out the noise, if they can 
expect to be at the bottom and have to climb their way to the top, we could see this translating to the the team and to the field. I don't think that they're a a club and a team and players that are going to walk into their first match thinking they're going to win five, nothing and five nil and just sweep the, the champ, the challenge cup, sweep the regular season and be this dominant team. They have to work at it day in and day out. They really have to buy into this mentality. They have to play like they have a chip on their shoulder. And I think they will. I think that Kansas city has that chip on their shoulder. I think that, they went from playing in a baseball stadium last year to playing in Children's Mercy Park this year to getting their very own facility for next season that they are trying to prove that they belong in this league and that they are are a powerhouse, top dogs. I think it's going to translate. Will, right. will it all translate? I don't know, but I, I hope it will. And I hope it does, which maybe leads us to our, our projected finish of them in 2022. What are you thinking? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm <laughs> here's another here's another water joke. I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking the hype. You know, I, I'm drinking the water. Right. I'm drinking the Kansas City current high tra- uh, high and pitch. You know, it's, fun it's like to watch. Like even at the end of 2021, this team was really really fun to watch. Go in and play spoiler. To there's something clubs. there's something about being a part of Team Chaos, right? It's just yes. always different. It's just always a different sort of energy. And if we we're gonna be paying attention to that to see if all of that combined with all of the stuff that we've been watching from this team in the offseason translates to the pitch specifically in terms of the projected finish in 2022 i'm oval i'm sticking with our ambitious pick that we made in december when we did our way too early power rankings i'm going to push that into an actual literal standing on the nwsl table i'm going to say that this team does do enough to jump up those five spaces and maybe clinch a playoff spot. I'm going to stick with Kansas City and say that they are absolutely going to take that uh, that next step forward. How about you? So you're putting Kansas City at a number five. I just I want think they can take on it. record. I just want to say it out there. Yes, I'm with listen, you, Sandra. Don't worry. We're put it on record. We're a team on this one. I think that Kansas City is going to make the 2022 NWSL playoffs. I love it. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Uh, I know we've been doing uh, some ranges here and and, and doing some uh, predictions like that. And uh, I know we love doing that because another thing we love doing (laughs) is coming on back to the show and talking about if we were wrong or if we were right. So (laughs) we will see what happens throughout the duration of 2022 with Kansas City Current. We want we'll to thank back, everybody. We'll be back with more water puns throughout. Oh the my gosh! Too. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I just keep cranking them out, no matter what. I don't need to be prompted at all. I just have them all here in uh, in the arsenal for everybody. Thanks everybody for listening to our Kansas City Current 2022 preview portion of the episode. We've got full team by team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL coming up. Stay tuned for more. You can drop us your thoughts about Kansas City Current on Twitter at Attacking Third. Or in the comments, if you subscribe to YouTube, visit youtube.com slash attacking third. Don't go anywhere. We've got an exclusive interview coming up with Kristen Edmonds of Kansas City Current. We'll be right back after a quick break. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. We are so pleased to have player interviews alongside our team-by-team previews. And for this one, we've got a special interview segment with Kristen Edmonds, defender, with Kansas City Current. Also, first time on Attacking Third. So, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Happy to be here. We're happy to, to have you sit down and have a little bit of a, a chat with you. The start of the 
22 preseason ahead of the 22 regular season back with Kansas City current. There was an offseason, right? Doesn't feel like maybe there was. <laughs> it was kind of kind of short a little bit, but as quick as it was, uh, we always like to ask in the in the top of of the segment here, uh, what did the offseason bring you? Was there an opportunity to maybe do some non-soccer related things? I did. I took I did take a little bit of time off. Um, having it be a little bit shorter than what we're used to. Um, I decided to kind of spend a lot of time with my family back at home where I'm from in New Jersey. Um, I didn't love the weather (laughs) while I was home, Um, but obviously with the pandemic and being away from everybody for so long, I got to see my aunts, uncles, cousins, um, and just spend a lot of quality time with them, which is something I don't often get to do with obviously my busy kind of lifestyle and choice of work but um, it was really nice to be able to spend that time at home and then um in january i headed back down to orlando which is where i live in the off season and uh yeah do some training in the sunshine and and uh get ready for to head back to kc so it was a good off season for me Kristen, for uh, an athlete that plays an outdoor sport uh, and you don't love the cold, you you play in Kansas City, there's snow and there's a lot of cold there. But um, this the start of the preseason for Kansas City. You guys get out of the snow and the cold, right? So where do you go? Fill us in a little bit. Where are you now? Where do you guys train? What's kind of like the start of preseason look like for the current? Yeah, so we headed to Kansas City for about a week to get all of our physicals, you know, tie up some loose ends in Kansas city and I'm um, not gonna lie. I didn't go outside much, <laughs> but uh, we took a flight and now we are chilling in Bradenton, Florida, which is just below Tampa. And the weather has been beautiful for me. It's still a bit chilly. Um, it's been like the fifties and sixties, the first couple of days, all my teammates are making fun of me. Cause I'm in pants, <laughs> long sleeves. I actually asked for gloves the other day. <laughs> Um, but it's just starting to warm up and get into the seventies and I'm sure it'll just get warmer. So, uh, we're, we're living it up down here in Florida. <laughs> okay. So even with the change of, of temperatures and environments and, and scenery, uh, you know, for, for you yourself going into this, this prison, it's going to be, uh, the start of year two for you in terms of, uh, Kansas city current, right. Uh, you're someone who has had a lot of experiences, uh, across different teams in, in the league. Uh, what's uh, what's the feeling like right now for you as you're entering in, in the season two for, for Kansas City Current? How's the team looking and, and feeling uh, right now? Yeah, the vibe here is amazing. Um, it's, for me personally, like something just feels different about coming into this preseason and the way the club is running everything, the way the team has a, a lot of buy-in. Um, we have a lot of new players, a lot of new staff. Um, so there's a, there was a lot of changeover from last year to this year, but I'm so excited and it's just, it feels like we have something special going on here. So I'm really looking forward to what's to come and we're going to grind it out here in Florida. Um, we're only on day five and I feel like I've been here for two weeks already. You know, we're putting in the work, got some double sessions going on, but, um, yeah, we're definitely moving in the right direction and I'm really excited to see what the season brings for us. Before we talk about all of the changes that have happened in the off season, it's really important to kind of reflect, right? I mean, Kansas City Current was an expansion club last year in its first season. Um, and, and looking at that first season, because you were an integral part of it, from Challenge Cup until the last regular season game at the end of October, 
how did the team grow throughout 2021? Well, we won a game. <laughs> it took us a while. <laughs> it took us a little while, but, um, you know, we, we started off a little rough challenge cup. You know, I didn't get to play in a couple of those games. <laughs> we won't talk about that, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had a pretty slow start. Um, something that was really great about this team and our group is that off the field and on the field, we're pretty close. And I think that's pretty abnormal for, um, big groups of teams. Like you often might have little clicks or it's not that everybody doesn't get along, but I've never been on a team where we all get along this well. Um, it's pretty amazing to be a part of. Um, so I feel like last year, because we had that, we were able to grow throughout the season, even through those like really tough times that we had. Um, and you, you saw on the field, right? Like we started off <laughs> a little slower than we thought we would have, um, but eventually got that first W and then ended the season pretty strong with that streak going at home, that unbeaten streak. So um, we do have a, a lot of new faces, but I think we can definitely build off of how we ended last year and kind of, and kind of move forward this season. You know, let's let's stay with some of that energy for right now because I, I want to <laughs> maybe talk about that. You know, a, a little bit. The it's it was a roller coaster in 2021, right? And I'm sure yeah. every single club, you know, can say that to a certain yeah. extent, right? About about last season, but for Kansas City in particular, there was a little bit of a trajectory that took place, at least on the pitch, in terms of uh, the, the soccer that we're talking about right now, right? You mentioning the the home undefeated streak the fact that the team was kind of playing spoiler a little bit at the end against other kind yeah. of playoff pushing teams, yeah. right? It was, it was a fun uh, energy to sort of watch yeah. and for us to, to, to cover. So sort of looking at that, right. Looking at that, that 2021, what strides would you say the teams are that the team is looking to, to make this season? Um, well, if you look off the field, right. Look at our fan base. We're playing in a different stadium this year. We have new branding. um there's a lot that has kind of pushed us forward off the field um and then on the field you know we're adding pieces to the puzzle that can make us great which is amazing especially for a player like me who's been in the league for a while um to be a part of something that's moving forward and not kind of standing still or like moving backwards a little bit um is like really cool. And I just, I feel like really lucky to be a part of it and to still be able to contribute. Um, but I'm, I think it's just gonna, everybody's just gonna have to kind of like wait and see how we show up. But I can tell you that, um, we are going to going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. And, um, yeah, we're not, we're not giving anything away, but, uh, it should be exciting for the fans to watch this year, for sure. If it's anything like the end of the 2021 season, fans are and, and opponents, they're in for a tough 2022 yeah. opponents, right? It's yeah. you guys were really tough to play against. And, and you just right. mentioned all of the different changes that happened. I mean, across the league, this off season was nuts movement everywhere, but with mm-hmm. the current specifically, some new front office people, Kimmy Levin stepping yeah. in as, as GM, a new head coach and on the field, some big additives acquired some new teammates in, in midfielder, Sam U.S. forward, Lynn Williams. So what can these changes and these personnel 
add to uh, Kansas City and, and like this caliber of player on the field? What can that do for Kansas City current? Um, well, first of all, having Cammy here is awesome because my first year playing for Orlando, she was my teammate. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's, it's really awesome to have Cammy here. Um, and just to know like what she went through in the league and now she's here with this club and this club is making strides and kind of setting the bar. So to see her go from then to now is, is cool for me to see. And I'm, I'm very happy and grateful that she's with us. Um, and then when you talk about the other pieces, the, the new players that we have coming in, you know, their experience, they're, they know how to win. They're champions, they're competitors. Um, so bringing that to this club and to this team and this environment will only make everyone else better and kind of step our game up and, and want to be a part of what they already know um, is, is coming. So, yeah, we're pretty pumped to have our new teammates on board, <laughs> to say the least. But um, yeah, they definitely add quality and experience, and um, we're excited to have them with us this season. Nice. I love that along with, like, the players you also mentioned, like, dropped, like, some administrative hires, right? Former player and Cammie Levin yeah. coming to the team. But there was, like, other additions as well, and that, you know, Matt Potter coming in is as head coach for, for KC current. So how has it been in these sort of early days of, of preseason working alongside Potter, and uh, uh, what do you feel that he's uh, bringing to the team this year? Yeah, I'm really excited that Matt's here. Um, obviously, he came from working with the U.S. national team. Um, so to bring that experience here, um, obviously, that's an organization that knows how to win as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, having him here, our preseason so far has been amazing. It's hard. It's tough. I'm tired every day. <laughs> After every session, I walk on the field and I'm like, man, I need a nap. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, he's great. I feel like I'm still, um, able to learn so much from him in our meetings. I take something away from all of them at training. I feel like I'm being pushed, um, which, you know, for playing for so long to be able to still feel like I can still learn bits and pieces of the game. His detail, um, is just something that I can appreciate, um, being like such a student of the game. So, and he's done a really good job of getting us all to buy in, um, to be able to, to be, to be great really. So, um, yeah, he's so far so good. We're, you know, we're a weekend. <laughs> um, he's got some tough decisions to make. Um, but yeah, no, he's great. And I think he's uh, going to be such a good leader for this group. For you, you've been in the league, you've been on different teams and you've made your mark as a player, as, as a solid player in this league. But when you reflect on your skills personally and your career and where you are in your soccer career, and you look just at the 2022 season, what are some personal goals you're setting for yourself? Honestly, like the biggest goal for me is to win a championship. <laughs> um, I feel like my career, I've done everything and more that I personally have wanted to do. Um, some things that I didn't even know that I would get to do. Um, but there's there's just that one thing missing, right? That, that championship season. I have won overseas. I won when I played in Iceland. We won the league. But playing here in my own country, um, in front of my friends and family, it would be amazing to get to get that championship. But as the season goes on, you know, I just want to continue to grow as a player. Um, 
I've already been moved to a couple different positions. <laughs> um, so still being able to, you know, have that versatility and, and still learn um, the details of, of each position and get better at ones that I may not be so comfortable in <laughs> um, will be awesome. And then um, obviously when I'm done playing, I will get into the youth game a little bit. So to be able to bring all the knowledge that I have from here into that will be amazing as well. But um, yeah, as long as I, I just want to continue to progress, continue to move forward, continue, continue to get better um, on the field. And then also like step up my leadership skills as well. You know, I'm not the most outspoken spoken person. Um, I'm more of a lead by example kind of, kind of girl, but you know, to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, we have a lot of young players and kind of, maybe take them under my wing a bit and uh and show them the ropes if you will but um yeah just to continue to grow and and uh become a better person and player overall oh I love that so I, okay <laughs> I have to ask you've been moved around in different positions and, yeah. and we won't let this get back to coach but what's your favorite position to play defense midfield center of the pitch on the flanks yeah, it's funny because I used to have an answer to that. And it used to be, um, I really enjoyed playing in the 10, you know, a little bit ago. Um, but outside back has always been a favorite of mine. Um, but then I also like, sometimes I miss that like attacking aspect of like scoring goals all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but now somebody asked me that the other day and my answer was actually anywhere on the field. I just want to be an impact player, contribute, and wherever I am needed and can help the team the most is, is where my favorite position will be. <laughs> well, I love that answer. I know, like, introducing you at the top of the episode, talking about defender, but don't get it twisted. Edmonds can play anywhere, back line, anyway. front, front line, middle third, where, wherever yeah, you're sliding Don't put me in the goal. Don't put yeah. me in the goal. They get, no, not, that's the one position. That. No goalkeeper. That's the one position you're here to hear exactly, first. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I want to. You also chatted a little bit just now, not, not with the personal goals where you want to, uh, you know, see yourself playing, which is anywhere. But one of the goals is you want that championship. You're chasing rings. I love that. I love to hear that from players. Uh, but you know, as we enter this 2022 season, it's going to look a little bit different in terms of the landscape of clubs, right? We're going from yeah. uh, we're going from 10 clubs to not just 11, but 12 clubs mm-hmm. uh, in the league and you're not unfamiliar with it with expansion in this league so for this season how do you uh, how do you see the the league competition changing maybe with 12 teams versus uh you know 10 moving forward um I mean I think our league in general has always been really competitive you know you have team one playing team 12 you're gonna get a game anybody can win that one um and that, that's not like that in every league around the world um so I think that's something special that the NWSL has and brings to the table And just to be able to say that we're expanding and we're going to continue to expand is just going to be great for the women's game and this league in particular. Um, But I'm excited that more teams are coming in. You know, it's playing the same team three times is tough. Like it's difficult um, because you really get to know like little nuances and details of, of the teams and the players that you face. Um, So being able to, to play more, teams some of the same people but um 
more teams and then you get to travel a little bit more like I'm yeah. excited to go to Cali <laughs> <laughs> yeah we learned you like the warmer weather so this oh, is actually great for you sending you <laughs> yeah. to Southern California for some competition <laughs> exactly I'm like let's go San Diego can't wait to play you guys <laughs> um but yeah no I'm super excited that that the league's expanding and um I have I have friends on almost every team so uh it'll be nice to kind of kind of catch up when we're out there but also still be able to compete and um and enjoy the game all over the states so that'll be fun and we're celebrating the expansion sides because growing this league is always necessary but with growing the league comes um some other expansion and and this year and attacking third of the last few weeks there is a very historic moment right before preseason started the league and the nwsl players association ratified its very first cba which is just huge in this league. And Sandra yeah. and I, we've been celebrating it. We've been celebrating it with the players that we've been talking to. So uh, this is huge. And and for you as a player who's been in the NWSL since 2014, a number of different teams across the leagues, um, what are your initial thoughts on this? I mean, when you found out about it the night before preseason and, and everything. So CBA, it's here. Yeah, finally. I mean, this is, this has been a, uh, oh, in the making for a long time but I mean it's amazing that it finally got settled and just for the women's game it's massive I mean we've been fighting for so much for so long like when I came into the league (laughs) I tell people stories about like things that we had and didn't have and they're kind of like what you're a professional athlete but um yeah it's it's honestly like massive and it's like you can like finally take a deep breath and obviously like there's still a lot to do and we have some forward progress to make but to be able to start here where our cba is at and have that in place for this season um it's amazing to be able to say for me personally that i helped grow the game and move the game forward and now these this next generation coming in will be able to reap the benefits of all the hard work and the groundwork that um players in my generation have kind of laid out um but also I get to enjoy it a little bit because I'm still playing (laughs) um so yeah it's huge it's massive and to be honest like I can't wait to see where things go from here um you obviously in the news there's like big contracts being signed and and all that stuff but we didn't always have the opportunity to do that you know you had professional athletes having two or three jobs in the off season or having a job on the side during season, which is already hard. Um, but now, you know, to be able to make a living doing the sport that we love and just being able to enjoy it um, is huge. And then all the other little things that are in the CBA as well. Um, it's just massive for the women's game. And um, yeah, I'm thrilled that, that it got done and even more thrilled to be, a part of that process and uh, help pave the way. It was so, uh, it was really just so exciting to just start like bearing witness to that, like literally the evening before Mm -hmm. preseason was, you know, slated to start. And as we started to sort of see the the news dropping, uh, primarily coming out from, you know, the the players association and their Twitter handle or or socials, uh, it was highlighting a lot of different aspects, right, of, of this actual CBA. But something that really resonated, I think, for a lot of us that were looking at that was that there are a lot of gains, right? A lot of wins within this CBA that 
we could probably tie directly to player experiences, right? Yeah. Within uh, within the league. So in terms of maybe just thinking of some of those like bigger bullet points, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what is what is a part of uh, this current CBA that maybe stands out to you or resonates with you on a, on a personal level? I think the biggest one, and I'm sure most people say this, is just the pay. um when I first came into the league I mean I played overseas for two seasons and then came in here so I haven't been in the end of since it started but I came in in year two and I think when I came in I want to say the league minimum was seven thousand dollars like how do you live off of that um so that for me like that stands out the most um that now our minimum is now 35 um which still isn't enough but <laughs> it's a good place to be. Um, but yeah, that for me is, is the biggest thing. And then other things that are in our CBA are like the quality of fields and facilities. Um, you know, we didn't always have locker rooms and, you know, you're showing up to field to fields in your gear and with backpacks. And um, it sounds like I may be being a bit high maintenance, <laughs> but um as a professional athlete, you know, you want to feel like a pro, feel like the only thing you have to worry about is going on the field and performing um, and going home and taking care of your body to be able to perform that next day. Um, so to be able to have these things in place, not playing on baseball fields, things like that um, is huge because all that stuff affects your body. It affects the game. <laughs> it affects you know, your longevity and, uh, obviously the sport as a whole. So there's a lot of things that happen, but yeah, I would say those, those two or three things are probably the biggest that stand out to me. Um, but there's, there's just so much that, that we've gained having the CBA in place that, um, you know, you won't be able to see it all physically, but it, it definitely is helping us a ton and, and only going to get the game to grow and move forward, which is awesome. Look, there's nothing high maintenance <laughs> about that. No, no. Not it at needs all. Not to a be a standard. Look. Yeah, not a single yeah. worker that yeah. was high was uh, was high maintenance. It's absolutely yeah. we're gonna trans we're gonna transform that. Right? We're gonna trans- <laughs> it's not high maintenance. It's standards. Yeah. It's standards, right? That we're yeah. celebrating everywhere, yeah. and including here on Attacking Third. Uh, you know, when, whenever we do these uh, player interviews. Uh, alongside these previews that we've been doing, we've been closing, trying to close them out with maybe something a little bit fun. And a big topic that has come up along uh, these interviews is the concept of like with preseason, like getting back into a routine, right? Getting back into a rhythm. So something that we've been asking alongside of getting into like a routine and a rhythm for players is, is A, it's a two-parter. So like A, are you a coffee drinker? And B, what is typically like your P, like your, your like pre or post or training scrimmage uh, go-to beverage so i actually don't drink coffee at all yes. <laughs> I'm seeing no I, coffee. I don't like the taste of coffee and it's actually hilarious that you asked me that because um i did, just did a food sensitivity test and i have sensitivity to coffee nice <laughs> oh, so wow. there's a scientific um, reason one cup okay. of coffee one time and Never again. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'm a massive tea drinker. I love tea. Mm. So that's my go-to. So if anybody's like, you want to grab a cup of coffee? I'm like, sure. And then I go up and order tea. Um, so that's that. my thing. But um, yeah, after games and trainings, you know, it's just, I crave a little, um, 
a little caffeine, you know, a little, like a little, a little taste of Sprite or some sort of soda. Yeah. We get this thing called game stomach and it just kind of like settles everything down. Um, obviously we have like all of our hydration drinks from our nutritionists and all that good stuff. You know, you get your protein in, but especially after a long game, um, when, you know, you just have no energy, you're dead. You just want to go home, hit your bed. <laughs> um, a little bit of soda is my go-to, but for preseason, I'm going to stay as hydrated as possible. Water, our um, hydration tablets, all that good stuff. But when it comes to playing, you know, those little mini cans. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are my go-to. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's, it's the, like, it's the don't feel guilty for drinking this. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like, you know what? It's like, I'm not going to feel bad for drinking this baby soda. It's a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you can feel bad about drinking a little baby pop. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I, yeah. I love but, that though. Uh, yeah. We've had some, some players like dive in and say like, oh, I love this. I love that. We had players say like, I drink black coffee. And like, when we're getting players who are like, actually, I don't drink coffee. It makes my non-coffee heart also sore. I'm all, yes, I also, I love I'm it. also a big fan of tea. I I, I love it. Um, that's my go-to um, as well. So uh, I, we always like to, to thank our listeners for joining us towards the end of these episodes. So thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, Kristen, for joining us on the show. Good luck in 2022 with the upcoming season. Everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and we're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back with more ahead of the 2022 NWSL season. For Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Kristen Edmonds, this was Attacking Third.